Are you thinking about buying a franchise? How about buying an existing business for sale? Unsure where to start? This is Patrick Fendaro, co-founder at Vetted Biz. To date, we've advised hundreds of clients to invest in a franchise or business for sale in the United States. We'll be sharing best practices as long as with our guests, top franchisors, attorneys, and accountants to help you find, vet, and buy a business or franchise for your you and your family's financial success. Stay tuned for this following podcast and follow our series if you're interested in learning more about exciting business opportunities and best practices to find, vet, and buy a business or franchise for sale. Really excited to have everyone on today. Um, I have a few special guests, one surprise guest as well. We have Felipe Martinez from Estrella Insurance. He's a director of, of franchise development. He joined Estrella uh, two years back when they only had, well, only, they had around 120 locations. They've since expanded to over 160 locations uh, in about two years. So very impressive. Felipe is fluent in English and Spanish. He's worked with our clients uh, throughout Latin America, Canada, Europe, etc. He has a background in marketing and has always been in development. Uh, and he was recruited directly by the CEO uh, of Estrella Insurance. Um, we also have Larry Behar, an esteemed immigration attorney based in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 40 minutes north of our offices here in Miami. Uh, we've been working, I've known him on a personal basis for the last uh, six years when I, when I uh, worked, did some work with him at my prior company. Um, and then we reconnected with Larry. We had a mutual client. And since then, we've had uh, many clients together that have invested in all different types of uh, franchises. So we wanted to bring Larry on for those those investors seeking an, an investor visa, the E2 visa, to talk a little bit about the requirements of the E2, best practices to getting a, a visa approval through a franchise like Estrella, and uh, walk through the step-by-step. Um, I know we have quite a few people that, that already have a visa. They're Americans, green card holders. So I, don't, I want to table the, the visa part of this till the end uh, when we bring Larry back on. Um, and for now, I'm, I'm going to talk um, with Felipe. Before I do that, I want to just present a little bit about Visa Franchise and Vetted Biz and the type of work that we do. Uh, so again, I co-founded together with my brother, Jack, uh, Visa Franchise in 2015. Since then, we've had well over 300 clients. I think it's around 350, 360 to date from across the world, 50 plus nationalities. Uh, and we speak a lot of different languages. Uh, personally, I speak Spanish, Portuguese, a little French. And we, are, we have team members that are, are fluent or, or advanced working knowledge in in French, Mandarin, Chinese, Cantonese, um, Spanish, and, and, and Portuguese. Uh, our clients have invested across the United States and have created over 2,000 jobs, uh, which is a very impressive stat, and they're contributing to local economies throughout the United States. Um, we founded the firm with the sole focus of finding and analyzing businesses for investor visas, However, we found out the skill set that we have for identifying and analyzing small businesses, generally less than a million dollars to start up or acquire, 
is a, a skill set that is equally applicable to Americans that don't necessarily want a visa. And there's also folks that just want to do it themselves. Think about companies like Zillow, Expedia, where the power is in your hands, where you can navigate and look at the data on different franchises, existing businesses for sale. Um, it was with that um, inspiration that we created Vetted Biz. So it's a data-enabled platform. We've reviewed 1.3 million Small Business Administration loans to see what the default rate is across different franchises, different industries, as well as comparing franchises to independent businesses across a wide spectrum of industries. We convert this analytical data so it's much easier for you to consume and, and make good business buying decisions or business or franchise buying decisions. Um, we're all about transparency and bringing to light uh, the financial figures that the franchisor provides, closures, openings, when they were founded, a lot of data points. I'd say I think it's 55 right now that we have active on our, our site and or another data that we're going to be uh, uploading soon to empower your uh business search. At Visa Franchise and Vetted Biz, we have a few different offerings. Um, today's webinar is most focused on Vetted Biz, self-guided search. Uh, we're presenting one of the franchisors uh, that we've already vetted from, from Visa Franchise's side, uh, and you can reach out to them. Uh, Felipe, the head of franchise development, is going to be on a little bit uh, to talk about Estrella, uh, the insurance industry, how Estrella is doing during COVID. So we provide that information. We have 1,700 franchise profiles, 30-plus existing businesses for sale. We should have over 3,000 by the end of the year. And again, we've reviewed 1.3 million SBA loans uh, to come up with all different types of correlations, but essentially limit your risk of failure, maximize your upside, and know what you're getting into before buying a franchise or buying a business. We're all about transparency and giving you the information to, to power your, your search. Um, also, for people not seeking a, an investor visa, we do also offer through Vetted Biz similar services with Visa Franchise, where if you want that custom support, where you want us every step of the way, organizing calls with franchisors, franchisees, uh, working with you on a, on a closer basis, uh, you can also engage our services to have a more white glove approach um, where we do a custom extensive study, SWOT analysis. Uh, we go over a lot more metrics than we have publicly available on the, the Vetted Biz site, and it's much more customized for you. That being said, for Visa franchise clients, we pre-screen all the businesses. Um, also, the, the franchises that we do webinars like today uh, with Estrella, uh, we've gone through the franchise disclosure document. Um, let me just make it a little bigger. So we've gone through the past few years financial disclosure document. Uh, we review the past three years income statements and balance sheets, see how they're doing at a parent company level to support you as a franchisee or existing franchisees, analysis of the management team and track record, review of litigation, prior, prior bankruptcies of the owners of the franchise system as well as the franchisor themselves. And then we also do a consumer satisfaction survey as well as to current franchisees to see how they're, how they're liking the, the, the franchise system and if they would do it again. So we do all that um, for the businesses that we present on these webinars. 
as well as any business that we present um, through to our uh, Visa franchise clients that engage our services. Um, so again, uh, without further ado, I want to bring on um, Felipe uh, Martinez from Estrella. A little bit about uh, Felipe. He joined Estrella about two years ago. They had around 120 locations when he joined. Since that, since then, they've expanded to over 160 units across the United States. Uh, Felipe has an extensive background in marketing as well as business development. Um, and he was personally recruited by the CEO of Estrella uh, and is currently the director of franchise development. Um, so Felipe, we're super excited to have you on. Uh, really appreciate joining. And uh, we want to keep this as informational as, as possible and submit your questions on here um, to see what you um, what you would like to ask Felipe. You know, let's keep it conversational. All right, guys. Um, turn it over to Felipe. Thanks again. Patrick, thank you for that great introduction. And, and thank you for the team at, at Vetted Biz for, for putting this, this presentation together. And thank you, everybody, for attending. Uh, you know, I want to be able to, to go a little bit more about uh, the insurance industry here. I think we're all dealing with a, a certain uh, economic climate for businesses. And I want to be able to uh, talk a little bit more about how the insurance industry is, is better poised uh, to this economic climate than most. Be able to give everybody a little bit of information on the franchise opportunity that we offer here at Estrella. And at any point, if anybody has any questions, please go ahead and, and put them in the chat box and, and we'll be glad to address them as we go through this. Uh, I first of all want to give you a little bit of a background on our organization because we have been a, a leader in the property and casualty insurance space for well over 40 years now. Uh, we actually began as a corporate entity op operating uh, corporate offices. Uh, this company was, was founded by a Cuban immigrant who actually did life insurance in the 1970s. And in those years, several different, uh, from auto insurance policies become mandatory. And he starts the first Estrella agency in 1980 as an immigrant, um, really pursuing the American dream. And thankfully, uh, our founder, Mr. Estrella, was very successful in growing 40 corporate locations. And in 2008, we began to offer the opportunity to folks to actually have their own Estrella Insurance Agency. We converted all 40 corporate locations, really giving the first opportunity to employees that had been with us for many years, growing from simple customer service representatives up to um, the managers of each location. And we presented them the opportunity to own their business. Most of them did. Uh, from 2010 on is when we really began offering franchises from scratch. Uh, from 2010 in those 40 corporate locations, we are now 160, thankfully. Um, and we're operating across four markets right now, across Florida, Arizona, California, and Texas. So I wanted to give everybody a brief overview of how this uh, company started. You know, and, and it's, again, a family-owned business still running. Uh, really providing opportunities to a lot of immigrant families, you know, and now through the help of, of Visa Franchise and Vetted Biz, I'm, I'm happy to say that we're now providing opportunities to immigrants from other nations 
to come on board and, and be able to pursue the, the American dream for themselves here. You know, uh, I next want to give you, uh, if we can move over to the next uh, slide, please. I, I want to tell you that our entire system is compromised by franchises in the sense that we no longer operate any corporate uh, entities uh, or any call centers. Uh, the entire focus of our organization is in our franchisees and in helping them succeed and helping them start up the business and help them grow and hopefully grow to have multiple units. We have owners that have from anywhere from one location up to well over 15 units in one particular ownership group. So the opportunities for growth in our organization are huge, you know, so no corporate units. Um, our business is strictly for the franchisees. I now want to talk to you a little bit about the actual businesses uh, and, and the, the services that we provide. If we can go ahead and continue over to the next slide. Uh, our market is what's called the property and casualty insurance industry. And this covers a lot of fields, but the, the main markets that we work with are the masses, uh, where the biggest volume is, which is one auto insurance. So every driver is a potential customer. Also, we insure homes and we insure all types of businesses. And these uh, products are the, the everyday operations of, of our locations. But apart from the main, uh, our core business, we also insure uh, boats. We can insure motorcycles. We can insure RVs. The value that we really bring to our customers is, is the, the ability to be a one-stop shop for all of their needs. And to our franchise owners, this really presents a, an opportunity where they can uh, bring in multiple revenue streams from one customer. You can insure their boats, their homes, their businesses, their cars, you know, so the potential for growth in, in that aspect is huge. You know, if we can move over to uh, the next slide here, uh, apart from our core services, we actually have a couple sister companies that we work with. Uh, one is uh, Ticket Defense. It's a ticket uh, organization that handles customers' uh, tickets. So this is a very personal business, you know, and, and, and our owners and their employees get to really know their customers and and they can create referrals by referring, you know, all their ticket needs for accidents or anything like that to this sister organization and, and build a, a referral income from that. Same thing with uh, the immigration program that we have. We have an entire arm of attorneys uh, at our disposal in our sister company that handle immigration cases, criminal cases. And this is all um, another source of referral income for our owners that they can refer their their customers and their needs to our sister organizations now uh this industry of property and casualty is is competitive and what is our formula to really be competitive in a market you might be wondering how we differentiate from the mom and, and pop businesses or even uh larger national insurance companies and the formula really here with us is to represent a large amount of insurance carriers. So we represent national carriers, companies that I'm sure many of you are familiar with, like Progressive, Infinity, Mercury, just to name a few. And then we also work with localized companies that might do business in a particular market or in a particular state. And it's by having a combination of these 
companies under our belt, we can always find the right fit for the customer, whether you have a higher income individual uh, with a higher credit score, whether you have individuals that have tickets or accidents that might not qualify with a particular company. But this plethora of, of companies allows you as an owner to really be able to insure anybody that walks into your agency. And a key thing with us is that apart from working with top insurance carriers across the nation, we actually own and operate our own insurance company as well, an auto insurance company that we keep exclusively for our owners. And this is just one more way that we help them be more competitive in the markets by having representation from a company that nobody else has access to. Um, Felipe, are you able to be, we have a question. Are you able to be more competitive than like an independent insurance broker? Um, do they not have as good pricing as Estrella with the big insurance companies? How, how does that work? Well, this can vary in the territory. Uh, this business is, is, is very large and it's going to be very hard to encompass everything. But the advantage of a franchise system is that we already have representation from the top carriers. A lot of these independent insurance companies do not have the same amount of, of carriers that we are able to bring under our belt, you know, and not just the amount of carriers, but maybe not the entire amount of products and the suite of products that we can own, we can, you know, offer to the clients. So that, and the fact that we have our own insurance company also gives us another competitive edge, not to mention the, the main benefit of a, a franchise really is the branding, you know, and, and, and that developed brand name and the service that we provide and that we teach our owners to provide sets us even further apart from the independent uh, company. So we have every single tool at our disposal to compete with national insurance companies as well as. I, I, I see Estrella everywhere. Good. I'm in my car. I listen to it on the radio. You guys are all over the place. Yeah, and we'll talk a little bit more about the, the marketing. Yeah. That's a big uh, advantage of, of the way we we advertise across traditional and digital media, you know. And thankfully, some organizations that have uh, recognized us, and, and there's quite a few we can talk about, but there's two particular uh, awards that, that I think we're the most proud of. One is Entrepreneur Magazine, and this organization, out of the thousands of uh, franchises that are available, here in the U.S. Every year they rank the top 500 once. And we've been, thankfully, have been awarded with these guys since 2013, up until now, the year 2020. So we're very proud of, 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 of that recognition. And another one that is probably even more important to us is from a, an organization called Franchise Business Review. And what these guys really look into is the satisfaction of the franchisees. And they review uh, the satisfaction of all the franchises in the U.S., I think that have more than 10 units or so. And based on that, they publish a list of the top 200 uh, franchisors whose franchisees are the most satisfied with the branding, with the support and the training. And we've also been around with these guys for many years. And, and those are two uh, important recognitions that that uh, we we like to stress. Us as a parent company. Actually, this past year, 2019, made it onto the Inc. 5000 of uh, the top 5,000 private companies in the U.S. Uh, we're we're happy to be a member of that group now. So I wanted to 
to just uh, talk a little bit about some of the publications that have been uh, kind to us. Um, now, many of you as uh, as investors and uh, especially with the current climate that we have and you're considering what kind of opportunities you like to explore. And I think due to the current condition, uh, a lot of people are, are having second thoughts about what might constitute a, a, the correct opportunity in this business climate. And I want to talk to you guys a little bit about why insurance um, really stands uh, apart from many. And the number one thing that I do like to say is that we deal with a mandatory product in our business. If you drive a car, if you have a home, if you have a business, I'm sure all of you know you need to have insurance by law. So there's not too many businesses that you can really say that your product and your service is required by law. You know, we're not selling ice cream or, or, or sandwiches here. This is a, a mandatory product, you know, and that helps bring the customer to you because it really is a need that they have. You know, in fact, for example, auto insurance, I don't like to even refer to it as a sale. It's more of a service that we're providing to these customers because they need it and they're really looking for the best coverage and the best price. And that's where we where we shine with the amount of look of, of um of units that we have, not to mention that this business requires no inventory or equipment at all. Ultimately, this creates a lower overhead for the business owners, you know, so margins always going to are going to depend on how every owner uh, operates their business. But clearly, we know inventory or equipment. Uh, you stand to have a better margin than a lot of other industries. You know, this is also carries a very minimal investment when you look at, at franchising as a whole. You know, our investments really start from about 50000 in total for a commercial unit with us. And when you compare this to so, so many different industries, you know, we're we're very economic uh, way to, you know, come into the business. Um, and not only do we sell just one product, like I mentioned to everybody, we have the ability to have an, a customer that starts off insuring their, their car with us. Then you can insure their home. Then you can insure their business, you can sell them life insurance, you can insure their RVs or their motorcycles. So you create multiple revenue streams. And the, the, the thing that really makes this business valuable in terms of revenue is the way you make money. You make money not just on initial sale of a policy or a product, but companies re repeat that payment over and over again as a policy renews. So if you have a client that has a six or one year policy, when that company pays, you know, 14%, they will again pay you the 14% after six months. And we obviously work very hard with our owners. So they retain anywhere from 75, 70, 80% of their business, you know, so you, you, you build a system that allows you to build repeated income and you slowly add more and more and more clients. And this creates a, a business model that can grow exponentially. I mean, we have agencies that have been open for over 35 years that are still, you know, beating the numbers they did last year. You know, I don't think there's too many uh, companies or businesses you could say that show that kind of growth nearly after 35 years. Patrick, do we have another question? Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense in terms of the growth. And I love the renewable revenue. Every month you, you get it. I do like also other concepts like barber shops, but the issue is during COVID, you know, I used to go every five weeks. Now I'm going to reach. Um, so 
you know, you're still paying for your business insurance every month. You're still paying for all this other insurance every month. You don't have the option to really, you know, stop paying as much, maybe scale down a little bit, but it's not going to be compared to some other uh, businesses, especially in the beauty space um, where you can really tone down or food where you just, you're not going out as much. Um, yeah. Quick question from Raul. Go on. Wait, no, no. Did you have a question? So we have a question. Yes. We have a question from Raul. Uh, morning, Felipe. Is there a possibility to establish the franchise in New York State? Great question, Raul. I'm happy to say that very soon, yes, it will be. And New York happens to be what's called a registration state. There are about, out of all the states, there are about 13 that make it just a little bit harder to do business in that state. And you have to register certain documents directly with that office. We have actually already started our, our registration process in New York. We have quite a few interested candidates in, in opening there. And I hope to be able to offer a franchise within, you know, possibly by the end of this year, uh, January. We're hoping to have the registration filed with the state. So, yes. And, and this is a process that, that takes a little bit between finding the location. So, you know, the time frame is is adequate. So, yes. Do we have another question there, Patrick? Well, we had another question. Um, what uh, what states are available right now? Where Where is Australia most poised for success? Great question. Uh, and this can vary depending on, on the, the ambitions of the candidates, but metro areas are ideal for growth, especially multi-unit growth, you know. We usually look at markets that are from 75,000 in population and up uh, to establish agencies. Um, so metro areas are great. I mean, so we still have availabilities in markets like Florida, Arizona, California, Texas, where we're at now. But really any metro area that we look at um, can be a potential for the business. You know, obviously there's a market study that, that has to come in, into place to make sure that we're putting the, the person, the candidate in, in the best position. For, for the business and to make sure that the demographics line up. But any area that has a, you know, at least a population of 75,000 and up can certainly be considered as a potential territory for this business, because at the end of the day, everybody needs insurance, no matter what state you're in. Did we have another question? Actually, I had a question because um, talking about the resilience, how how is Australia doing right now with COVID in terms of uh, franchisees, you know, performance over the last few months? What do you anticipate? It'd be good to understand a little bit more. Sure. I'm very glad you asked me that, Patrick, because I think that's another large benefit of our system here. Uh, so many sectors have been uh, completely wiped, you know, by this um by this disease and, and this virus. And, you know, what we have found as this situation developed is that our, our product continues to be necessary. So we, we have not had a drastic drop in business. I think during uh, two lockdown months, new business came down uh, a very slight amount, but I'm talking single digits here under 5% in, in, in business, but our locations were deemed, uh, essential. Our agencies never had to stop doing business, not even physically. Some owners elected to, to work virtually from home, but most of them uh, in a reduced capacity continue to operate in a physical 
fashion. This business is derived a lot from the renewal. So these policies renewing. So, you know, our owners had these renewals still coming and coming and coming. Was there a slight drop in new business for about two months? Yes. But as soon as that complete lockdown ended, things picked right back up. I'm happy to say that uh, I think I only had one owner that was uh, had to apply for the, uh, the PPP loan. Uh, we never we didn't have any owner that laid off employees due to the, the virus. So, you know, I'm happy to say that that we, we've seen that our model and our product is 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 recession proof and and COVID proof within the last two months. I can tell you that we've opened up four new agencies and that might be surprising to some, but development has continued. Our sales have continued and these four agencies are are developing just fine. So we're better positioned than most. I'm happy to say, Patrick. Okay. Um, and this actually ties in well to your, your next slide in terms of how do you support your, your franchisees from both the initial as well as an ongoing basis? Yes. So the initial is very important. I think a lot of folks that uh, when you first think of insurance and, and when they are looking at franchises and they see restaurants and you know, cleaners and they see insurance, it can seem daunting. It can seem like a daunting word that there might be heavy regulations. But the way that we train our, our um, franchisees, we have success stories. In fact, some of the biggest success stories that we have with us are folks that had no previous insurance experience whatsoever. We do not require it because we have a very robust system where we First, teach them the theory of the business, of how the insurance products, how they work. We teach them the management, the organization of the agency from their employees, the local marketing, the selling, the retention of these clients, the referral, which they need to draw from, from customers. It's critical to the, to the growth and success of many businesses, but especially this one. So every aspect of the business, we first teach them the theory of. Now, I know there's a lot of franchises where they kind of take you in for a couple of weeks and and then, you know, uh, let you start going. You know, but apart from teaching our owners the theory of it, we actually also have them apply it. And we have them do training at our established location of ours that has a good amount of years operating and, and a good uh, flow of customers. So they really get to learn those day to day operations from up to six weeks in spending time in there. So we have a very robust training program and we do not consider insurance experience necessary because of that we're able to teach our owners everything within a two uh, month span and but for us this business of insurance it's it's not static it's it's a business that keeps changing you know regulations can vary by market so the ongoing support is in, is crucial to the franchisee so we actually have an operations department that is in charge of, uh, you know, I have personnel in every single market and, and the, the responsibility of these folks and that representative in that market is to oversee and help the uh, particular group of franchisees not only open the business from the build out and make sure everything is, is up to code and ready to go, but, you know, walk through them those first few months, especially as they you know ramp up and, and grow the business. You know, we're there to help them with any issues that they might have with a client and they don't know where to quote a particular product. You have, you know, in business, uh, 40 years of experience here, but when you combine the, the experience of, of the leadership team here at Estrella, you have 
over 200 years of insurance experience that is is here to support the franchisees. So uh, I like to think of this as a as a marriage, you know, and this is this is kind of like the first date, you know, and, and we always walk hand in hand teaching our, our franchisees essentially till, till they can do everything themselves without much assistance from us. Well, it's a long it's a long agreement too. like what what is the initial franchise term when they're signing the, the franchise agreement with us today? The franchise agreement is initially for 10 years. Uh, and ideally, after 10 years, uh, the relationship going great, we offer them a renewal where they can renew the franchise agreement for another 10 years. And then after those 10 years, they can renew for a further 10 more. So the original contract actually allows somebody to be in, in a franchise location with us for 30 years. And this is important because this is a business that grows on a yearly basis. Uh, we like to refer to it not as a sprint, but as a marathon that you're, you're growing your business steadily more and more over the years. And, uh, you know, most owners once again, because of the way it, it grows, they want to stay in business for as long as, as they can, not to mention that as they grow it, you know, when it, you should always, I always say that no matter how good an opportunity is, think that, you know, there might be an exit somewhere down the road, right? And uh, we we allow our owners to grow the equity in their business. And at the time comes where they want to retire, uh, you know, whatever it could be, they have the opportunity to, to sell and profit completely from these businesses that they have grown. Yeah, that's a big... Um you spoken a little bit about the multi-unit, but that's a big um, that's a big opportunity to grow multiple locations because uh, generally the exit you're going to trade at a higher multiple of the profits and or the uh, revenue. So um, yeah, you've seen some pretty good exits in the franchise space where you know if you have five locations, ten locations, um, that's a good amount of money to to definitely retire and even potentially pass on to some of your heirs. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of opportunities there. Um, we have a question from from Vit. Uh, does Australia provide a starting book of clients, or do I have to work my customer base from scratch? Uh, Vit depends on the the way we're we're gonna work this. Uh, you know, I've been talking a little bit about uh, a new uh, franchise opportunity, right? So when we're talking about that, we're really talking about an agency from scratch, you know, and. And we're going to talk a little bit about more about the formula and, and, and the way we, we place you in a market. But the way we place you for growth in a new market is obviously in the right location, the right visibility, the right demographic for you to bring in clients in a physical basis from the branding and the physical location. For you to bring in business from the general uh, advertising and marketing campaigns that we do, we allow our owners to create local target uh, campaigns in their market. And as they ramp up the business from that, the referrals that this business creates really is where the biggest growth is. So that's the way a new agency um, grows, you know, in that sense. Now, besides that, we do have on occasion owners that are looking to possibly sell their agency. Maybe they've been in, in business with us for a while. And, and that could be an option too, you know, depending on, on the market that you are in and, and whether we have. Uh, a franchisee that is looking to sell, but we do not operate as a corporate entity in our operations ourselves. So I would not have any, you know, corporate offices to sell to you, but there could be a possibility of a franchisee selling, you know? So those are uh, 
two options that can be talked about. I think a, a third option in, in, in respects to if you were looking to start with a book of clients, uh, we are now exploring the option of being able to, through a business broker, look at the possibility of buying an established insurance agency and then converting it to the Estrella model, you know, to grow it and, and, and even more. So there's a few uh, options there. And I think it's ultimately going to depend on the market that you are in. But I encourage you to, to, to reach out to, to Vetted Biz and I'd be happy to, to get into more specifics about that. Perfect. And yeah, as a reminder, anyone that wants to have a one-on-one conversation with Felipe, we'll send you the information uh, at the end of today's chat to schedule that one-on-one conversation. If you'd like to get more information on Estrella, we're going to move right along because again, we have a special guest, immigration attorney, Larry Behar, who's going to talk about some of the requirements if you're not a U.S. citizen or green card holder to how you might be able to move to the U.S., do the American dream through Estrella, uh, and get a visa at the same time. So I want to move right along about 10 minutes. Uh, we can go through a couple more of your slides, maybe field a couple more questions, and then uh, turn it over to Larry. All right? Sure thing. Sure thing. So I mentioned that part of the key of, of, of this business really is, apart from the training, is the physical location. Very important. And with 160 agencies, we have a very good idea of the attributes that we look for from the visibility the kind of center, whether it's an anchor center or a strip mall, but we look to have our agencies in strategically placed areas that have high traffic, you know, high volume of density that brings in repeat business. So that is crucial. And it's unfortunately the number one mistake that I see uh, folks make is where they end up opening the business. You know, that's going to be a, a huge factor in the growth and looking into the population, the incomes, the races, homes, renters. So there's an entire study that is made where we analyze uh, a lot of opportunities in the territory until we find and help our franchisee not only find it, but negotiate the best terms from the rent rate, exclusivity, rent free period. A few things there. We can go ahead and uh, continue to the next slide. So not only finding it, but assisting them in building it out, you know, making sure everything is is adequately, you know, the, the, the certificate of occupancy, helping them establish if they want to, you know, a, a grand opening campaign to create publicity in that in that local market, whether through print means or through digital means, you know, so, so we have a plan for the reopening and make sure everything is in order, the representation from the insurance companies, you know, and we spend a lot of time with our new franchisees right when they open, especially that first few weeks, making sure that we revisit everything that they learn through the training and to make sure that all those core concepts are, are really solid. So they get off on the, on the right foot to grow the business. Marketing and advertising, this is uh, a huge advantage that the franchise system that we have offers to the franchisees because we are very aggressive with the uh, marketing that we do. Some of you may be in some territories that we are in, but you look at at markets that we are, are now growing. We are very aggressive in terms of traditional advertising from billboards, uh, bus ads, radio digital means from Instagram, Facebook, and so on. We're very aggressive, and this helps to not only create brand equity and, and more uh, confidence in the mind of the consumer, 
but to really bring in business. And what we do is we direct all that business to our agencies based on the zip codes, whether it's phone calls or whether it's internet quotes, we direct them to the Estrella agency in that customer's uh, local community. So that, that, uh, that marketing helps to not only establish the brand, but create leads and create growth for all, for the whole system. So big difference with us. And you can see here just some examples of, of different campaigns uh, that we've done. We've got one with the little prices right now and then the little prices slamming the competition. And you can see some, some different ads there. Just wanted uh, you folks to, to take a look at that. We, we can move on here to uh, there's some digital kind of ads that we set up through Facebook. And, and here you can see what, what, what makes our agencies and it's the owners and, and their employees, you know, just so you can see the, the kind of uh, environment that we have and, you know, very uh, presentable, all of the, the agents and their employees. And, you know, most agencies grow from four, six employees. We have agencies that have 11 and it's a very personal business, you know, like I said, and I, I just wanted to give everybody a, an overview here. I think uh, we've, you know, wanted to, to talk about all these main points and, and hopefully I get to have some more one-on-one -on -one, uh, conversations uh, with, with a few of you. And, and um, you know, just want to thank everybody for, for allowing me to, to, to uh, introduce myself and, and talk a little bit more about the organization here and, and the opportunity that we provide. Perfect, Felipe. Thanks a lot. Um, stay on because we're going to do a few more Q&A at the end. Uh, that being said, I want to bring on Larry Behar. Uh, I'm going to give a, a brief introduction uh, to Larry, and then I'll, I'll turn it over to, to Larry to talk a little bit about the E2 investor visa, best practices in terms of when you're structuring it for a, um, a franchise investment, uh, and then go over any general Q&A. Um, so for those folks that are American green card holders, feel free to drop off. For those that are seeking an investor visa or interested in moving to the U.S., making your own American dream, if you if you could subscribe to this page, if you could share it, like it, and you think that any of your friends might find it informative, that, that'd be huge for us. And it'd be good for them to understand better about the E2 visa requirements, best practices, et cetera. Um, so before I turn it over to Larry, He's been working on E2 visas since 1979. Uh, there was a, a year a uh, while back that his firm processed 1% of E2 visas issued globally. So he's been doing this for many years. Uh, he speaks Spanish. You'll, you'll see him on tomorrow during our, our Spanish webinar. Uh, speaks French, uh, native of Canada. Uh, been living in South Florida for, for many years now. Uh, he's been to 41 consulates and embassies abroad, uh, meeting with the officials, better understanding the E2 visa process, because every consulate and, and embassy has their little nuances. Uh, he does tremendous visa prep. Uh, every client that we've had with Larry over the past five or so years has been approved uh, in the first attempt. I, I can't say that for every client that we've ever had a visa franchise. Sometimes they have to go back for a second interview with Larry, that hasn't been the case. Gets it done right the first time, very direct and transparent with the clients, um, and that does the client a, a great service uh, so they can get their visa approved and, uh, and move to the U.S. in a, a timely fashion. Um, so, Larry, thanks a lot for, for joining today. Well, 
Thank you, Patrick. Uh, I want to thank, uh, first of all, our host, uh, Patrick Vindero and, uh, and Visa Fran for uh, all the work that they've done in the past. Uh, this is a very uh, unique company uh, that has been around for a long time, uh, but which handles uh, the clients on a very personal level uh, and on a private level, which of course is very important uh, in migration to the United States. I also want to thank uh, Felipe Martinez from Australia, uh, whom I've gotten to know in the last uh, six months. Uh, we've worked on uh, one case together uh, extremely well. Uh, and I must say that uh, their company, their history, uh, and it, the fact that they are immigrants for immigrants. And I think that's really important that they understand the psyche and the, the, the family requirements for people who are looking to migrate to the United States under the E2 visa or any other uh, option. So thank you both uh, for that wonderful support that you provided to our firm uh, over the last uh, many, many years. Uh, our law firm, as Patrick uh, mentioned, has been uh, in existence since 1979. We are AV rated by Martindale Hubble, uh, the, the leading evaluation firm in the country. We represent uh, investors and clients from approximately 36 different countries from around the world. We are trilingual. I grew up in Montreal, Canada, and of course, to speak three languages. And so this helps a great deal because at the end of the day, it's a people to people uh, business. And uh, I personally uh, know and understand and interface with every client uh, that comes into our firm. We have a tremendous uh, support team of experienced and seasoned attorneys and paralegals. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, I'm where the rubber meets the road. So, uh, so it's our privilege and, uh, and, and joy to be able to help the thousands of investors that we've been able to have, help come to the United States. Getting into the, uh, the E2 visa, uh, you must understand that the E2 visa is probably the most powerful non-immigrant visa that exists in the panoply of uh, visas that, that the United States government offers. You may talk about H-1 visas or L-1 visas or other types of visas, but when you start to analyze the dynamics of the E-2 as we have in depth, and you can certainly see much more detail on our website, e2lawyer.com, you'll be able to understand that the manipulation of this visa is hugely beneficial. By that, I mean that it allows the investor to be able to go in and out of the United States at will. It is a red carpet visa. It allows people to be able to be treated properly at the people by the uh, by USCIS and of course, Customs and Border Patrol, and also to be able to allow them to expand uh, in the visa them themselves. The investment is still relatively minimal. There is no fixed amount that the government requires for the E-2 visa. We like to say that the investment should be at least $100,000, but that $100,000 in the business plan can be allocated to whatever you feel would be worthy. For example, half could be used for the franchise fee, a quarter could be used for rental costs, setup fees, and a quarter for a reserve. So anything close to $100,000 is really going to give you a, 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 a gateway uh, into a proper discussion with the, with the consul. And as Patrick was saying, thanks to our uh, tremendous background and experience, uh, we've had a chance to understand 
the psyche that's involved in the consul's mind. Uh, some of you have never appeared uh, at a U.S. consulate or embassy abroad, but we literally take you and help you envisage what the experience will be like because we've been there. Uh, we understand the bulletproof uh, windows. We understand the microphones. We understand the experience of the vice consuls. So, uh, so we, we really put you uh, not only in terms of documents and legal processes, but we also put you into the practical uh, pre-interview preparation uh, and then ultimately the, uh, the congratulations uh, thereafter and even to make sure that, uh, that the visa has been properly prepared by the consul to make sure that there are no typographical errors. I mean, we go into a great, great detail. Believe it or not, the consuls of the United States through the State Department at the various embassies and consulates around the world want you to succeed. They want you to succeed in the E2 visa. They want you to succeed in the investment. They want you to come to the United States legally and properly. Therefore, it's been my pleasure to be able to assess with various consuls the value of a franchise, Australia or other. This means that consuls understand that franchises are a business in a box. They already understand that the FDD has already, the franchise disclosure document has been prepared, that the business has been vetted, that the people who are behind it are legitimate and that they are looking out for the best interests of the franchisee. Therefore, we really try to encourage people to consider franchises as part of their investment package for their E2 investment per se. Now, what's uh, what's interesting- Larry, if you don't mind breaking yeah. up for a quick, uh, sure. we have a question on and, um, you know, we have a lot of clients that will start with a franchise and then maybe the spouse does something else. And, you know, after two or three years, you can go into something else. But I, I do think it is generally the best um, entry to the U.S. from a, a business perspective. And it's great that Larry, you know, thinks it's a great avenue from the immigration side. We're really more just focused from a, a, a business perspective. Um, we have a question from, from Vit. And I'll go ahead and bring on Felipe as well. Because uh, it might be a little combo uh, question for for Larry and Felipe. Hi, how do you operate uh, insurance franchise as a foreign entrepreneur? Do you need to get an insurance license in the state of Florida? Okay, uh, yeah, Vid, I'll address that here now. And uh, yes, you do need to have a license in the state of Florida in order to to be able to legally operate the the franchise. You know. And uh, Larry can can maybe touch base a little bit on this, but you know, to, to our understanding is once you uh, have a, a social security number here, you can go ahead and um, and take uh, a state exam to become approved for the license. But it's the great thing about this process is you can kind of take a course as you go through the whole process of doing this, and by the time you actually have the social security here in the states, boom, you can uh, take the test and immediately begin to the um the business that's that's accurate uh and in addition to to what uh, felipe was saying we like to have our clients prepare for their arrival they almost have to envisage that they are past the immigration aspects and their visa aspects and that they're going to start to hit the ground running mm -hmm. with regard to their franchise operations therefore we encourage our clients to interface 
with the franchisor to make sure that they meet all the compliance requirements. The terms of the social security number, usually that is only obtained after the visa has been obtained. However, they can apply for what's called an individual tax identification number, an ITIN number prior to coming to the United States under the visa. Therefore, one or the other should be sufficient to be able to sit for the insurance license uh, in the state of Florida. Does that answer your question, Patrick? Perfect, thanks. And I'm gonna okay. turn it back to uh, Larry on the presentation. Okay, so as I was mentioning, uh, a real central point is the financial risk of the franchisee as he is applying for the visa. And what we have seen in the last five years is that the consuls are prepared to accept a conditional agreement with the franchisor subject to receipt of the E2 visa. This means that when you sign the agreement with the franchisor, you can put a clause in the agreement that the agreement will only come into force and that the fees and costs associated with the franchise will only happen once the visa has been approved. The consul wants to see that you have the financial ability to execute the agreement. However, they will not require that the investment have been made into the franchise prior to receipt of the visa. It stands to reason. Without the visa, you can't operate the franchise. But I'm really happy to know and to have the consuls understand that from a business perspective, this reduces the risk of the investor and the franchisee tremendously. Therefore, the only risk that they actually have are the out-of-pocket expenses for being able to apply for the visa and also to reserve by their own control the bank accounts that will ultimately be used for the visa application and the franchise. The visa application is normally valid for a five-year period. They are allowed, the investors are allowed two-year increments in the United States uh, per se, and then they have to step out and come back in. But basically, it's a five-year visa with the right of revalidation. Now, this is important because, as Felipe was mentioning, a lot of these franchise agreements are valid for 10 years with multiple uh, options to execute. And therefore, you want to be sure that your visa situation is clear from the very beginning. So you can be assured that as long as the business is operating and everything is going profitably, that the business will be able, the visa will be able to be revalidated. The visa itself normally has a one-month preparation time, and the consuls now accept the applications electronically. That means that we can file the application from our office here in downtown Fort Lauderdale and then be able to start lining up the appointment for the for the clients. And again, this goes to, as I was mentioning before, envisioning what the final interview will be like, because many situations can be overwhelming for people who have never been to a consulate or embassy before. We make sure that we, the clients understand the types of questions that they are going to be uh, faced with, and that they will have time to consider all these, as well as the practical aspects of bringing their uh, their applications to the consulate. 
The application includes all spouses and all minor children under the age of 21. The spouse will be able to apply for an employment authorization document, which allows him or her to be able to work in any business uh, in the United States, including the franchise or some other operation. It gives, therefore, the family two potential cash flows and allows them to be more solid grounding. Ironically, there is no job creation requirements. In other words, while it's encouraged that the franchise hire American nationals for their operations, it's not a legal requirement. In the business plan, we do make projections to have job creation, whether it's an assistant, whether it's a manager, whether it's a, an accountant or a salesperson, all these people are helpful to the structure of the application. The business itself has to have a good five-year financial projection, and the financial projection has to demonstrate that the business will allow the family to be able to subsist and to be able to survive. Normally, about an income of $50,000 a year is what their console is looking for. And so the, the projections will normally demonstrate that the family can be financially independent. And these days, the console wants to see that financial independence as much as possible. The individual must have some business experience and be able to develop and direct the enterprise. And by doing so, they have to have some business skills, but minimal. There is no requirement to have a university education. There are approximately 40 different countries around the world that qualify for E2 visa applications. And we have the list of the countries available on our website. And I'm happy to say that this list is continuously being added to uh, on, a, on a regular basis. Uh, Portugal is coming online soon. Israel was approved last year. And so, so those yeah, are- I think we're up to 81. Uh, 81. If Excellent. I'm not mistaken. So it's really Excellent. exciting to see these new countries. And Thank you. I see I blinked and, and already it's already up to eight. We've only been in this for like five years. Larry in his 40 plus years. It seems like the only ones that get canceled, it's usually from the government, like the foreign government. Like I know Bolivia canceled it a while ago. Ecuador canceled it. Is that correct? Does the U.S. ever cancel these treaties? No. And as a matter of fact, what's interesting is historically, uh, the United States uh, government has had contractual relationships and treaties with countries going back to the 19th century. That's how long that they've been going. Like I think Columbia. the UK ones like uh, 150 years. Yeah, uh, UK, uh, Colombia has uh, been around for a long time. Canada has been around for a long time. So, so yes, there's a relationship. There's a quid pro quo, the relationship between the two countries because they're actually engaging in commerce uh, and applying for it. Now, a very important point that you're just bringing up now, Patrick, is that there is no quota uh, in the E-2 okay. visa. Now, this is important because while the United States generally accepts about 800,000 immigrants to the United States, there is no limit to the number of E-2 investors that can apply. They, uh, normally, they have, there are about 3,000 uh, visa applicants in the E-2 category annually. Uh, but, you know, we feel that it's probably the most powerful and rapid uh, structural visa that you can apply for. All other visas are fraught with risk, uh, including uh, the immigrant visa in EB-5, which is, uh, has uh, doubled in investment levels. 
And we have a question. You mentioned Colombia. A question from Raul. I've been living in New York City for almost two years as an international student, currently on an F1 visa. From Colombia, may I apply to get an E2 visa change of status with a franchise like Australia Insurance? Is that possible? So, so the short answer is yes, uh, that we have a lot of clients who start off uh, with an F1 visa here in the United States. They learn about the E2 visa and the power of the E2 visa. And then either they return to their home country, in this case, Bogota, where we've been very successful uh, in terms of getting the, the visas from there. Uh, and so uh, that's not an issue. We, we encourage the clients to actually go to the embassy to get their visas rather than do a change of status, uh, unless there's a, an overriding reason why the person would wanna do a change of status. The reason for that is that the change of status is only valid for two years and the timeline to be able to get an approval of that type of change of status could be six to seven months whereas the application at the embassy can be wrapped up in approximately two months so we like to encourage them to do that now recently with the covid situation there have been certain embassies and consulates that have suspended their operations However, these embassies and consulates are lining up to reopen in the near future, and we encourage people to think about their franchise opportunities. Our law firm represents only the investor. We want to make that very clear up front. We do not represent the franchisor. We do not represent the agents or the brokers. We represent strictly you, the investor, and no one else. There is a confidential relationship, a a lawyer-client privilege that's established right from the beginning, and our agreement outlines all these issues uh, right away. So thank you, Raul, for your excellent question. Does anybody have any other questions? Because, you know, lawyers can babble on for a long time, but I'm not that kind of a lawyer. I like to get right to the point uh, and uh, let people know. We've had clients invest in all sorts of different uh, types of franchises, uh, and and basically, if there is a franchise that's been vetted by the by the uh, uh, by the franchise industry, then chances are high that we will be able to process the application with the minimum threshold. I also have to tell you that uh, investors, of course, need to have a clean record, uh, no criminal activity, um, and uh, the, the 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 delays. At the consulate, if there's no disclosure, should be can be very long. Finally, the source of funds. We want to make sure that the client has a clear source of funds to be able to demonstrate where the money came from and where it's going. And with that, I think that it creates elements for an excellent visa application. Larry, could you tell us a little bit about your services and how you help um, these E2 visa applicants and anything that might distinguish you from other immigration attorneys or other attorneys uh, supporting E2 visa petitions? Well, thank you for that opportunity. Uh, uh, after being in practice since 1979, you can imagine that, that most of the referrals that we receive are through word of mouth. We're not very active on social media. We, we, have, we, ha we need to have a referral uh, for us to consider uh, the, uh, the client to become a client of our firm. 
we have a, a uh, multiple vetting levels to ensure that the client uh, is qualified uh, before even engaging with us. I will, I will spend whatever time is needed to ensure that the client is, is vetted. Uh, once the client is vetted, then we can go ahead and prepare a usually an American limited liability company that they will own and control. Uh, in the case of the franchise, they will own 100% of that limited liability company or corporation if, if it's better for tax purposes. And then we have a whole team behind me. In terms, not only do we have the, the, uh, the, the legal team and the paralegal team, but we also assist in the preparation of the business plan. And then we allow the client to interface with all the professionals that they will need to make a success of their, of their company here in the United States. That includes a qualified CPA, certified public accountant, and banking relationships. Very important to establish banking relationships and uh, accounting relationships right from the get-go. We normally help foreign nationals from the ground up. We understand that you're starting at ground zero uh, with us, and we do not have a time frame. There are some clients who are able to turn around their documents quickly, uh, other clients that take time. We have one client in Chile right now who's been with us for three weeks, and he's almost finished in terms of his documentation to be able to present to the U.S. Consul in Santiago. We have another client who's in, in Spain uh, who's starting from ground zero, and she needs a bit more time to develop her, her business platform. And we're okay with that. We don't have a, a time frame. We don't charge by the, by the hour. Uh, we are on the top end of the market because of our extremely high success rate and our experience. As you can see, I'm not exactly uh, a novice in the industry, uh, but we do care. Uh, I'm a double immigrant. All our staffs are immigrants. We've all been through it. We've all feel it and personally in our hearts and in our minds. And if we can help uh, your clients and, and you and the public to be able to be successful uh, in America, then let's go for it. Well said, Larry. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you get what you pay for. Um, unfortunately, you know, we've been doing this for, for five plus years now. We have had clients engage attorneys that maybe they're more focused on family immigration and they got to go back, you know, generally another time for an interview, even a third time. So it causes a lot of strain um, for all people involved, but especially the client, you're, you're making a huge decision, move into the U.S. You're, you're going to live the American dream, but you got to do it in a, in a well thought out manner um, and get that visa approval and make a uh, soft landing in the U.S., oftentimes through a franchise with us. Uh, we have a question from Jose. Is there any difference in the visa approval possibility depending if you buy an existing business? So like basically a non-franchise, I imagine, or get a franchise? That's an excellent question. Thank you for the question, Jose. There is no substantial difference in terms of applying for the E2 visa if the, if the business is current or if you're acquiring a franchise, whether that franchise is operating or is new. The only concern that we have about acquiring a current business is that we like to make sure that a qualified accountant has gone through the numbers 
of that business before the acquisition is done. That's because we don't know what type of business you're acquiring, whether it's profitable or not. The CPA will be able to proceed and analyze that and be able to get back to us so that we prepare the business plan accordingly. However, there is no, there's no uh, reason not to proceed with an existing business, but use caution and caveat emptor, which means that you need the buyer needs to be aware of, uh, of the matter. You also need to know that the consoles will want to see the track record of this business for the last three to five years to make sure that they are, uh, that you are acquiring a business that is viable. All right. Well, you know, it's 110. Um, we've gone through a bunch of questions. I want to bring Felipe back on. Really appreciate everyone coming. Uh, Felipe, it was awesome to have you on. Uh, it was good to learn more. Every time we talk, I learn about the insurance industry. Uh, it's a great fit for many of our clients. Uh, Larry, you know, thanks again for joining. Uh, kind of last minute, but I thought it was really good to have an attorney on the line that has actually worked with Estrella and has worked on a case uh, for the E2 visa with Estrella Insurance. Um, and, you know, feel free to reach out to any of us uh, if you'd like to, to talk further. Um, I'll go ahead and, and send a link um, if you'd like to schedule a one-on-one -on -one consultation with, uh, with Larry uh, or with Felipe after this. And I uh, just wanted to thank everyone again for, for joining today and uh, appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. And uh, thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Larry. By the way, extremely informative. Extremely informative. Really, really enjoyed uh, the information you provided. And uh, thank you, everybody, for, uh, for attending. And, and, uh, and I hope to, to hear back from some of you. Appreciate it, guys. Take care.